Sup? <laughs> Sorry, take three. <laughs> What's up? Well, finally, huh? Yeah. We're here. It's been ten uh, years since we've been talking about a podcast. Yes. And now we're here. Yeah. For Switch. I wish we had started ten years ago. Yeah. I could have been the next uh, Wariko, and you could have been the next Beer Biceps, probably. Or like Joe Rogan. Oh, well, that's pushing <laughs> it. <laughs> But. Uh, Yeah man I'm excited are you excited to do a podcast I am I am I've always wanted to uh, I've always felt like I actually wanted to be a journalist at some point and that's why I went to journalism school where I met you but never did anything eventually and really my interest in uh, journalism was just being able to like ask questions I'm still like the annoying guy in my family because I keep asking a bunch of random questions and at VC right like isn't a lot of what you do Right, asking right. entrepreneurs questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's. I think I found my sort of like the the perfect the perfect job, which is uh, a VC on the weekdays and uh, and a podcaster on, on the, the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> But why are we doing this? Is the question. Yeah, I think. Um, so when I got a call that said that we should do this, you just said yes. I just said yes. Yeah. I, I, even before hearing the idea, this is like Kajro calling Shahrukh Khan <laughs> in like early two thousand. Um, I think. Yeah, no, I actually love what we're doing, um, which is that I think you and I have had a pretty unstructured career. I think um, I'll talk about myself, and then maybe you can talk about you. Um, I studied journalism and then did Teach for India, uh, which is a two-year teaching fellowship, and then worked with them for a couple of years. Then went to the U.S. to Harvard to study like public policy, which was a lot of like. statistics and economics and i eventually i don't know if you know this but i eventually majored in like social finance yeah and then did a bunch of internships um one in jordan and then um did impact investing with drk for a while uh then went to ido to do product design and sort of now i'm you know um co-founding hushal with akarsh mm. uh which we'll talk about at some point but i think that It's just been ten years of just I think continuously doing the next interesting thing and trying to find what my true calling is, um, and it isn't sort of this one straight path, right? Which mm. is that I studied something in college and then I just stuck to it for ten years. Like I think that's not been my journey. Yeah, that hasn't been your journey either. Yeah, and what's do you want to talk about what your journey's But been? Mine goes back to a little little bit further. I grew up in Nigeria. My dad used to work there. I spent fourteen. The first fourteen years of my life were there, and there were two things that I um, were inspired by at that point. The first was when I was in sixth grade. I began to get really inspired by Rahul Dravid, right? And I said, okay, I probably didn't have his defense, but I probably could come back to India and hone that defense, you know, and actually come and be a cricketer. It's a different issue that I didn't have the talent for it. Um, and then. The other thing that I was really interested and in, inspired by is is Rajdeep Sir Desai. Yeah, he would be on TV. We had we had only two or three Indian channels at that point in time, and he would just be the guy you'd see on NDTV at that point. Yeah, and I said, wow, he has some amazing confidence, right? And so because of that, I thought maybe this is what I could probably do. One of these two careers. I came to India, didn't do too well in my boards and all of those sorts of things. And then I said, okay, maybe science is not my calling. Journalism is probably it. Applied to Symbiosis, it was the Number one mass com college journalism school at that point got in, met a bunch of really interesting people like you, and then the moment um, I, I I got done with journalism, I was like, okay, I'll come back, 
but I actually don't have any domain expertise. Hmm. So I said, maybe I want to do policy journalism. I want to do political journalism. In the meanwhile, let me go get some expertise. Yeah. So I actually did uh, a, a fellowship where I worked with a member of parliament called the Lamp Fellowship. Wonderful times. Did some crazy, crazy things working with this member of parliament from Jamshedpur. Realized I needed a little bit more expertise. So went for my master's, went to London, did SOAS, got a master's in energy and climate policy with a little bit of international economics. Came back, a member of parliament was looking to like hire someone because of like he'd heard about some of my expertise in setting up political offices. Yeah. Did that for a couple of years, worked with uh, uh, the opposition party at that point. So I kept, almost kept delaying my entry into journalism yeah. and kept doing one thing after the other, one thing after the other. I think my 20s to my 30s would be like an experimentation phase where I'll try everything. I'll go to a bunch of different geographies. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Africa. I was spent some time in India. I've done a lot of work in Europe. So I said, okay, this is a good, this is what I want my life to be. Yeah. So looking back, it's turned out well. And I, I guess with you, that randomness has also turned out well. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you lack the expertise in any sort of uh, space because you haven't delved in as much? No, I think it's a great question. I feel like, um, I think there's the, there's a really interesting, um, bass guitarist who does this really well where he he shows you what a wrong note is hmm. um and he plays the guitar and then the rhythm goes somewhere and then he plays a wrong note and then what he says is that it's not the wrong note it's the note that you play after that that determines if the previous note was wrong or right and so you play something and once you've played a wrong note, if you just continue down that line and if mm. you make something off it, it's just a transition. Mm. It's not a wrong note. But if you freak out and you play a wrong note and you try to go back to it, then it becomes very obvious that it's a wrong note. Mm. And so I think the way that I look at it is that I think I've made a few transitions, but I don't think I've thought of them as like wrong notes necessarily. Mm. Mm. And so I think what I do now is I look back and it's some melody. Mm. Right. Like it's it has some rhythm to it and it has some music to it. And I think for me, that music is in the generalist space. So I don't look at myself as a specialist. Mm. Um, and I try to do roles now that actually require a little bit of everything. So I don't I think there was a point when I missed the fact that I didn't have one domain. Right. But I think now I've just realized that a generalist is also very valuable in what they can do. Right in certain spaces. And so what I think we're sort of hoping to get out of these conversations is I guess un is to first of all normalize that this is perfectly fine. Yeah. And this is sort of the order of the day if not anything else. Yeah. I think the way a lot of people especially our parents especially some of our family members thought about careers is they would join a job in their 20s and they get married in their 30s and sort of hope to build a house in the 35, 30, while their jobs would sort of remain constant like our fathers have committed 15 to 20 odd years in a company. Right? Yeah. Some even longer. Yeah. And I guess the opportunity was not obviously as much. But right now what we have the is the option of just experimenting, exploring and engaging. Yeah. Right. And um, I know this is also the tagline for, for Hushal. For Hushal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which really is... Which really is important, right? Yeah. Because the world is so dynamic. There are so many opportunities. So I think what is interesting going forward, like at least what what I, I am interested in doing in when I think about my career is continuing to keep that diversity alive. 
just continuously try different things continuously experiment with different approaches because you never know what's going to work yeah but i want to ask you the same question that you asked me hmm. um and we haven't actually discussed this i'm also curious to hear i know you said you want to keep the diversity alive hmm. do you miss the fact that you don't have domain expertise has that thought crossed your head it's the same question back at you right like you could have worked in one mm. space for like 10 years mm. established yourself as a thought leader in that space mm. you've moved a bunch of different careers you've done the private sector you've done the public sector you've done non-profit so you've right. really done that samaj right. sarkar bazaar yeah how do you look at this generalist versus specialist right yeah so i i, I you've um, uh, we've talked about this article uh, it's a harvard business review article that um, uh quotes uh, Joseph Nye who is a former Harvard Kennedy school dean yeah, yeah. and he talked about the power of a trisector athlete yeah right somebody who is able to move seamlessly between public private and uh, civil society and and and, and non-profit civil society work and he he talks about a trisector athlete as someone that the world will need going forward right because a lot of the skills are going to be transferable across these different uh industries in different sectors and even different domains right yeah and he says what do you what the world needs is there are the, there are going to be a bunch of people doing different things in each of these spaces yeah what the world needs is one or two people in every sort of a role that connect all of these three things together yeah right and i feel like given my experience my role is better off as a connector yeah i don't i don't think that i have the strength to fully build something in the private sector. Right. I don't think I have the strength to be an out and out policy wonk right. in the public sector and I don't think I have the resilience to sort of thrive in the non-profit sector. Right. But what I can probably do is when you put that Venn diagram I'm somewhere in between. Got it. Right? And to be able to connect uh and see those sort of spaces. Yeah. I think that's valuable. Yeah. It's not domain it's not expertise it's not domain sector expertise but yeah. at some point it should be considered expertise. Yeah. Right? So I I'm 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 pretty happy actually spending my time uh building that out as my expertise. Yeah. And in 5 years uh, if I had to write like a Harvard Business Review article I'd tom tom that about you know how that's the next big thing next big thing that people should do. Yeah. So about hustle. Yeah. Right? Which is what I'm uh which is what I'm up to and which is what I'm building. So I think this is uh you I mean you've been talking about starting up for a while like yeah how did you finally I know you wanted to do something at tech and yeah. now finally you're in uh an even more exciting space yeah so what is hushel and how did how's the name uh, how's the name come about so I think yeah I've always I think for a while been thinking of uh, of starting up especially since I did impact investing as well and you speak to so many entrepreneurs and DRK right. was I think a very inspiring experience and right. then learned just product Gives design and like, formal <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it does because you know you speak to people that really have so much skin in the game and um sort of learned how to build zero to one product and then hmm. uh, and and now I'm at entrepreneur first which is a tech incubator that brings um both aspiring CEOs as well as CTOs together um in a room for 3 months and then they take you through a program where hopefully you find a co-founder and then you're able to also zone in on a on a on a on a market on an idea and then actually start building it out um and i found a great co-founder here uh which is akash and i think we'll interview him at some point mm. um in the podcast and sort of decode his journey he's got a fascinating journey um and so the both of us were very sort of i think keen on edtech and started looking at just 
um, what are the things that um, kids in India want? Because you always start with your users and you're like, what do you guys want? What's up, right? And so we, we realize that there's two big things that people want. Um, when I say people, I mean young adults, right? Like, so think of folks between the ages of like 15, 16, all the way through to when you finish college, 21, 22. Um, and people are like, I want higher grades mm. in my board exams and my competitive, um, you know, exams. And then I also want to know what to do with those grades, mm. right? And the first problem is being solved by a bunch of ed tech startups in India, right? You've got your Baiju's and, uh, you know, uh, Unacademy and Vedantu and everybody else who's sort of working in that space. Mm. And we realized that there aren't a lot of organizations working in this second space, which is that even if you get a 98 in maths mm. and you've worked really hard for it, uh, do you want to take science? Do you want to instead take commerce? Do you want to take arts? Like, what do you actually do with your life? Right. Um, and it's taken you and me. Prob I, I, I had the same issue. Right. And it's taken you and me like a lot of trial and error over years to actually figure out what our true calling is. Right. Um, and I think what Akash and I are working on with Hushal is just trying to build a platform that just squeezes that journey mm. into a few months. And it's, it's amazing that you're also sort of building Switch, yeah. which is a podcast, um, the tagline I keep forgetting, um, <laughs> crazy career moves, right? Yeah, yeah. Crazy career moves for crazy, crazy people <laughs> in a crazy world. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Sorry for that. But um, I think what's going to be interesting over the next uh, few weeks is where we uh, sort of highlight this journey of seven such crazy people mm -hmm. and talk about their careers. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we, when we talked about podcast, the first idea that I remember talking about is if we could deconstruct Dil Chata Hai. If you remember, yeah. that was our first podcast idea. Yeah. I think we've come a long way. Now we're deconstructing <laughs> careers. Yeah. Uh, but I think the sentiment sort of remains the same. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, should we, um, I know we, we we brainstormed a little bit about doing rapid fires on these, uh, on these uh, individual in these interviews. Yeah. Should we practice one ourselves? Let's do one super quickly. Uh, if not, uh, we, we might just bomb everything up. Okay, rapid fire. Hmm. My first question to you is, hmm. um, what's something you believed in your 20s that you don't believe in now? You know, I, in my 20s thought, I took myself a lot more seriously, right? And um, uh, I, I thought that, you know, that sort of seriousness is required to succeed. Okay. Professionally or personally. Yeah. And um, there's this quote that I don't know if it's whether it's attributed to Ratan Tata or Chetan Bhagat or whoever it is, uh, because this it keeps sort of floating around. It says, don't be serious, be sincere. Um, and um, this sort of resonates very strongly with me because everybody who has seen me knows that I'm not a serious character. Mm. I don't want to be ever serious. Mm. But in my 20s, I thought that was what would um, take uh, me far. Take me far. Mm. Now I'm just hoping to be sincere. And everything I do is an attempt at, in some form, uh, some sincerity is involved. Cool. Do you have a question for me? Oh, it's like one honor. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You've had an interesting career over the last sort of 10 to 12 years. What is the one thing that you are most grateful for? What's the one thing I'm most grateful for? And if it is to someone or... Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually very grateful for my time at DRK which was Draper Richards Kaplan because I worked with three 
amazing managing directors. I've worked with Stephanie Cornell, Bill Rodriguez, and Natalie Kailander, hmm. who were three people that um, had done amazing things in their life. And hmm. sort of, I think a lot of the, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel like a lot of the venture capital associate roles, like a bit of an apprenticeship hmm. where, you know, you see people that have been there, done that, like make decisions. So I saw these three people sort of work with entrepreneurs. They were super hands-on. Hmm. Um, and I saw them, I think, just work with entrepreneurs. And they were also very encouraging of um, not doing the VC associate role for too long. And they said, you must go out and like hmm. actually build something of your own. Hmm. And I feel like a lot of what I'm doing now was instilled um, when I was at DRK. Just the, just the idea that you must take a risk and actually build something of your own and roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. Okay. So I feel like when I look back off the top of my head, like that's something I'm super grateful for. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah. Okay, my question to you is, what does uh, success look like for you? Success, huh? I think I think we sort of think about success from a professional standpoint more often than not. But then, you know, again, bunch of things that you read, which is like, there's no point getting a promotion on the day of your breakup. There's no point, um, uh, you know, uh, being... Uh, uh, sort of solving Excel sheets in a hospital bed or, you know, trying to make an investment memo when you have a splitting headache. So I think what, I'm, what I think success is, is just really balance. Uh, balance is extremely important. And to ground yourself, be humble, uh, realize that you are not the epicenter of this world. Mm. You are very much replaceable, at least professionally. In the, personally, you are not. You're not replaceable to your parents. You're not replaceable to your friends. So I think the way I think about success is a little bit more holistically. One is to do as much impactful work as possible. But at the end of the day, be there for the people uh, who really matter to you the most. That's I think would be success. Cool. Okay. Uh, your sort of question. If you could pick any job, any role, any geography, what would you do and why? I'd be a startup founder in Bangalore. You'd be a startup founder in Bangalore? No brainer. Is Bangalore the place to be? 100%. Why is that? I think the concentration of talent in Bangalore, I think the number of people that are trying to build startups in Bangalore, I think just the energy and the vibe that this space has mm -hmm. for someone who wants to be entrepreneurial mm -hmm. is incredible. Mm -hmm. And so I think I would be exactly where I am now, mm -hmm. which is um, an aspiring startup founder in Bangalore. Okay. And maybe one more question one thing you want to do a lot more of mm. in your career or life going forward? One thing I want to do a lot more of. Um, Could be both professional and personal. I think I would, um, it's related to your first question, you know, which is like, you've asked me to think about like what I'm grateful for. And I think I've moved so fast in my 20s that I just haven't paused to sort of look back and say, um, who played what role mm. and I think just gratitude in general for so many reasons is just very healthy mm. and I feel like one of the things I want to do every now and then like I like the fast-paced life but mm. I do want to every now and then mm. just put the brakes on and just look out of the window and say thank you to a few people mm. um, you know before before driving that car again. Okay I guess uh, we've done uh, fairly decently on our rapid fires. Yeah? yeah I think so. Hey who do you think uh, should win the hamper? 
Yeah, I guess I should have gotten the hamper, but since there is no hamper, um, you could, uh, you should, you should get this one. But, but I think this places us in a position to now ask some fun questions. Fun questions to it. Yeah. Um, really excited to see all of the seven people that we're going to talk to. Yeah. Truly exciting careers. Yeah. Lot of inspiration. Yeah. What are three reasons somebody should actually subscribe to this podcast? Um, I think three reasons. One because um, the people that are coming are genuinely interesting and inspiring people. Uh, they're also very diverse, and so I think one you should do it. I think for the people that come on. Two because I think um, it's a very informal podcast. It's it's very light. There's a lot of banter. Uh, we don't take ourselves seriously. The guests don't take themselves seriously. uh because we know them um and so that's the sort of podcast that this is going to be and the third reason for this is that um you learn a lot about i think just career moves in general and mm. i think people are going to make a lot of career moves in the future and i think most people watching um you're going to make a bunch of career moves in the future so i think you learn a lot i think from uh listening to these people as to why they've made career moves so those are your three reasons Okay, super excited. Thank you, Aditya. All right. As usual, fun doing this with you. Please join us for Switch Crazy Career Moves for Crazy People in a Crazy World. Crazy World. We'll keep uh, modifying this tagline as, as and we when go we go along. Yeah. When we have a better budget, we'll probably hire a, uh, you know, a, some some mask, some communications agency sure. to to help us get this tagline for season two.